Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Further North Podcast is here once again. There's not really much going on this week, to be honest. So when the uh, when the content well is dry, I have to reach out to you guys. And it had been a while since we've done a fan Q&A. I used to ask uh, you guys questions through the season about the games and things like that. But I thought, let's do it again. The content's dry. Ben Mackay hasn't gone yet. There's a couple of things that have happened, but we've actually got questions about them all. So basically we're doing a big fan Q&A. I don't know if it's going to be one or two episodes with this. We did get a lot of questions and because it's been so long, I really wanted to get to just about everybody's, as many as I can. So I might split this into two parts because I don't really know what's going to happen through next week. So i got to put out one a week for you guys. That's the goal. So sometimes it's the old like... Ah, oh, we're going to sign a 10-part Netflix series deal. Six episodes are good and four are fillers. And maybe that's where we're at right now. But hey, it's still going to be good. Still going to be good. Thank you so much for writing in all of your questions. Don't forget, next time I do this, because I'm going to do this all the time, Facebook, Further North Podcast, Instagram, at Further North Pod, and at uh, Further North Pod on Twitter or X as well. So... Thank you to everyone who's followed me on Twitter as well. I'm still working it out. I don't know if I'm good at it or not. I don't know if I'm using it right. But um, yeah, you guys got behind it and I got lots of questions on Twitter too. So that's been really, really good. Other than that, I think we just get straight into the questions really. Um, I don't think there's too much uh, else to talk about. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, we're going to dart around. Um, I've tried to group similar questions together. Um, because the last times I've done these Q&A episodes, sometimes I've found that there's a similar question that I want to get to 10 questions later and we've already talked about it. So I think I've done a pretty good job. I sat down, I uh, screenshotted and ordered everything correctly. So let's see how we go. If not, completely roast me in the comments and uh, yeah, say some awful, awful things. Please don't do that. I found as well Twitter much more negative than uh, any other social media platform, which Marnie did warn me about, but I've finally faced that demon. So don't bully me, please. Anyway, first question, here we go. On Instagram, we've got gobshites underscore anonymous, anonymouses? <laughs> Fantastic name. Uh, they say, with Fisher in, does Sheezel play a full-time mid-forward role in 24? That's an interesting question because the the Zach Fisher thing is really confusing. We do have another question similar to this, so I'll lump them together. Riley underscore Masterson underscore 14 on Instagram says, does bringing in Fisher uh, allow Shees to go forward uh, and have fish off half back? Nice use of the fish emojis there as well. I don't really know what the plan with Zach Fisher is. I mean, the word has been he wants to play more midfield. You would think we're going to be getting another midfielder in the draft, um, which I'm not too sure about exactly, but um, we've got so many mids, so I can't imagine him playing mid. I think he'd be a decent winger, but I guess we're getting Dylan Stevens to do that, so I'm not too sure. It seems to be either that forward pocket or halfback role, and by all you know accounts from the Carlton fans, I've talked to a few Blues fans at the barbershop and um, – what they've told me is basically he had a really good patch of games off halfback, but he was drafted as a small forward. Um, his goal conversion rates and things maybe aren't fantastic. And we've had plenty of small forwards 
that their goal conversion rates aren't fantastic. I'm not saying he's a Kane Turner, he's a Phoenix Spicer, but um, I feel like my gut tells me off half back. My gut really tells me off half back. I'd much rather move Shees forward. So, look, I don't have the inside word on this one. Um, I'll try and scout around a little bit to find out. But if it was up to me, I reckon we start the season with Fisher on half back and put Shees up forward to make it really dynamic up there. If things don't go well, we can always move Shees back in there. But um, that'd be what my gut is telling me to do. So let me know what you guys think about that one. Joe Mas 27 on Instagram says, are we trading up to pick one? And also Giddy's Tockman asked the same sort of question. Are we trading up to pick one? This is a tough one because in the AFL landscape right now, there's so many rumors getting spread all the time. We've all seen, is it Steve Johnson doing this or Adam Cooney? No, it's Adam Cooney. He's doing all of these fake mega trades that are just ridiculous and they're never going to happen. Just please stop that, Adam Cooney. No one cares about that. But as the years go on in the AFL, we're trying to make it more like the Premier League, uh, more like the NBA. And look at the NRL for an example. The grand final finishes and then through the offseason, there's nothing happening except maybe a party with a Zinger Burger or copious amounts of illicit substances. Um, other than that, really nothing happens in trades and everything. They don't have a draft and all that sort of stuff. So they're really trying to make it like the NBA, like the EPL, which is great. But what this is going to do for those who maybe don't follow those codes is you're going to see so many reports and 99% of them are going to be fake just so news outlets and things get you clicking on their stuff and commenting. Basically, um, the conflicting report in the last week has been North are going to try out to pick one, North are going to try out to pick one. But then there's also reports with Curtin coming out saying, I'd love to plan to Clarko, which sort of counteracts each other. Will we try out to pick one? My gut feeling says yes. Is that what I want to do? I don't know. I don't think so, but um, I'm going to get my thoughts together for a draft episode just before the draft. But um, my gut says no, don't trade up to pick one. You know, Curtin looks like an amazing prospect anyway. So if we uh, let West Coast pick at one, if they pick Curtin, then we'll get Harley Reid, um, you know, maybe the biggest steal in the draft at two. And if they pick Harley Reid, then we get a player that is positionally a lot better uh, for us than Harley Reid would be. So that's maybe where my head is at at the moment. But my gut does tell me we're going to trade up to pick one just because of the amount of picks we've got. We're all sitting here going, look at all the picks we've got. We're going to fill out all the rest of the roster spots. And we do have a question about the roster spots later on. But um, yeah, we're going to fill all these spots, get a heap of new players. It doesn't always work like that. Um, we do have a lot of picks, so I my gut tells me we'd go to number one, but um, I don't know if we should. I don't know if we should. Another one here, Chris Hamilton on uh, Facebook has left me a fantastic message basically outlining the situation we're in. I'm just going to try and keep it a little bit shorter, but uh, thank you for the message, Chris. Um, he's basically outlining that we've got two very high picks with all these players coming in with Fisher and Stevens and Mackay gone, common possible position changes, blah, blah, blah. Um He's basically asking, do you think we've got a chance to get to pick four or is he dreaming? A couple of Twitter questions at Kate's underscore postcards and at Ian Gilbert 39 also have asked a similar question um, about trading up for pick one or possibly pick four, pick six, something like that. What are the possibilities we trade up for a lower pick than number one? I'm going to take this question as basically 
it depends if Fisher or Stevens need the two picks we got in the compensation package or the AFL priority picks package next year. I would hope with the players uh, nominating to come to our club, we wouldn't be using any of those first rounders next year. There was an article written this week that the Swans are wanting one of the um, priority picks for next year, the first rounders for Dylan Stevens, which I don't think will happen. That doesn't usually happen that high a price for a player that's on the outer when they've asked to come to the club. I do think there's a chance if those two picks are still there after we get Stevens and Fisher. Um, I could see us definitely trying to trade for Gold Coast pick four. That's probably the more likely one I see, only because they do need to trade to get points to be able to draft the 25 um, players they've got in the opening round of the draft in their academy. So I think there's a chance we go to pick four. Um, Pick six... I don't think so. Is that Fremantle right now after everything drops down? I think it might be. Um, Sorry if I've got that wrong. Um, But I don't know what we're going to do with sort of Fremantle there with pick six. There's links to Sean Darcy and all that sort of stuff. Um, Very, very loose ones. And maybe we're all just dreaming. Just like last week's podcast when um, myself and Dylan really started gushing over the Sean Darcy idea. He sold me a dream. And uh, it hurt my feelings when it's going to let me down. But um, I could see us maybe going for pick four for the Gold Coast. Um, I could definitely see that as long as those two first-round compensation picks uh, for next year are still there. We're going to go over to Instagram now. Bailey Tyson underscore says, Spicy take, but I think we have to re-rookie Kano. Thoughts? Uh, He also says, following up on my KT take, feel we have literally zero uh, pressure small forwards um, or lead-up types. Very interesting because, once again, Nick Watson in the draft is a possibility. I'd say he's got way more potential than any of those guys. Um, As for Kane Turner, I think Kane Turner will be re-rookied. Would I do it? Yes, but... It's not like I'm thrilled about it, but if and we said this last year, so who knows? It could happen again. But if Kane Turner is playing proper minutes of football next year consistently, something's gone wrong. Um, we've done something wrong with a possibility of a Nick Watson, with Zach Fisher maybe being that forward line, um, Sheasel as well. Yeah, I would be worried if Kane Turner is playing consistent football next year for us. Can Fisher and Sheasel possibly do that job or a Nick Watson say if we got uh, them in the forward line to be that pressure small forward. I believe in them, but you are right, uh, Bailey, that there are no other pressure fours on our list um, unless Jack Marnie has the season of his life um, or Dylan's guy, um, Aiden Bonner, can go forward pocket next year and just be a star. Other than that, uh, no, we are, we are very lacking in that. So I probably would re-rookie Kane Turner. But like I said, if he's playing consistent minutes, I would be worried next year. That means the club hasn't taken a step and it's probably going to be a rough season once again. All right. Um, A-M-H-A-R, Amar16. Amar16 on Instagram says, what is our salary cap status? Do we have room for extending young key players? Now, I tried to have a look into this and I can't, really find exactly how much salary 
we're spending in the cap. I do know that you've got to spend 90% of the cap every year. I'm pretty sure that's correct. The salary cap for an AFL team is roughly $13.54 million. I'm trying to think of players that would be on big money, and I'm talking like big money. Um, Lucky and Simkin obviously re-signed. We don't know what they're on, but you'd be thinking they'd be on Lucky after his season. You'd be thinking six to seven hundred thousand a year. Um, Kane uh, Turner, uh, Jai Simkin. How dare I? Sorry, Jai, our ca- our captain. Um, maybe not quite as much as Lucky being Lucky All Australian, but you'd think it'd be around about Aiden Core. I don't know what Griffin Lowe got. Kane Corn seems to not like it though. Um, there can't be that many players. Taron Thomas, I don't think we've given LDU uh, big money. I'd say there's room to wiggle. Looking down the list of players, just knowing maybe where their status lies or the people that have signed recently are maybe on some decent-ish money. But uh, I think there's plenty of room to be able to re-sign these guys. Um, all the back office team that Clarkson's got have done all this sort of stuff before. How the Hawks kept all those guys around. Um, in that time when the salary cap was lower. The wages were a little bit lower, so it's all inflation at the end of the day. I wouldn't be too worried about that. You can see like the Demons and the Pies, I guess, with Grundy and some of their players. These teams are all fitting their players in the cap. Uh, So I'd say we're pretty comfortable to be able to re-sign players and structure them. Um, And I reckon there's a lot of buy-in from the guys. I think this year is a a crucial year for buy-in. We've got, you know, guys like Zerha and Taron finishing up. I'd be happy for them to get bigger money. Zerha, I think, needs a big season to get that sort of coin. But, um, yeah, I think there's plenty of room to wiggle. I'd say we'd be around the spending just over 90% of our salary cap. I can't imagine um, that we're maxing out already. Matty Mills uh, with two Ys on Instagram says, not a heap to say. All I'd add is if North fuck this up, they should be shamed. This is our chance. Kyle.peck underscore also says, do or die season? Question mark. Yes, absolutely. I really do feel this way. Um, and we need to be looking at it like that. Is it do or die like that the club's done? No, it's not that severe. But if we don't improve with all of our picks, all of our um, young talent on our team, we might not get out of this hole. And look, I think that might be drastic. Doesn't mean we can't slowly move up over the next five, six years. Uh, What I would expect next season initially before we've made all of our signings would be a season like the Hawks. That's what I want and that's what I would class as a successful season. Six wins in my mind. Six wins, knock off a couple of big teams and show we've got a game plan and show we've got talent that's going to take us up the ladder. We need to show that next year. If we have another three, four-win season, which I know four wins would be great because we haven't seen that for a while, um, I think guys like Zerha, like Taron, other leaders or you know more experienced players might ask for trades. I think we could start seeing Kane Corns as max ed- exodus um, next season if we don't at least get six odd wins and the club isn't feeling like maybe what the Hawks do right now. Does that make sense? So I do think it is do or die to a degree, maybe not die, but uh, do or be heavily wounded on the ground with no legs, but you are still breathing. 
Um, doesn't mean you can't sew those legs back on or get one of those old people scooters to ride around on all the time, which is fun, but you can't run and jump and do stuff anymore. So what a fantastic war analogy for the North Melbourne Football Club, but that's where I stand. All right. Um, a regular uh, comment around here, Brighton underscore Isles. He's asked me a lot of questions, so I've picked and choose my uh, favourite ones, Brighton, out of all of these. Thank you for all the questions, but I'm going to use some of your questions to lighten up the mood a little bit here. So he says, set shot directly in front of goals for the winning kick. Drop punt, torp or barrel? It's a torp, mate. And the fact you even ask this question is disgusting. Um, it's always a torp. In the goal square, torp. On the boundary line, dom sheet pocket, torp, 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 torp. Um, unless you're Harry Mackay, 45 metres out directly in front, snap it around the corner. Snap it around the corner because you don't make the distance, but your heart told you it might be true. So always a torp, mate. Don't ever ask me that again. Another question here on Instagram. Uh, I don't know how to say this exact handle. Uh, assuming your name is Liv. Uh, Liv. 7NI4 says, thank you, Liv, for writing in your question, by the way. Um, with who has retired and delisted, plus Mackay and Goldie, how many open spots are on our list? So I titled this up. The normal AFL list is 44 players. We're going to have uh, 46 players with the um, package the AFL gave us. With all the guys that are going to leave um, and retired, and I've also taken away the players that haven't got a contract currently. Um, we only have 32 contracted players for next season currently. So we've got 14 spots. And I double-checked this because um, I thought, wow, that's a lot of players gone. Um, <laughs> surely there hasn't been 16 players leave this list. But, yeah, uh, all the guys that are about to leave, all the guys with no contracts for next year and the guys who have retired and been delisted – we have 16 spots on our list. So you think about it, we've got about six picks in the draft. Um, Stevens uh, will come in uh, and Zach Fisher. That's eight. Um, there's plenty of other spots. You would think maybe a Kane turn or someone will be re-rookie, but there's plenty of spots to fill. Um, hopefully all with key position players because we need them so desperately. But yeah, we've got 32 current contracted players for next season. Uh, and 46 list spots compared to 44, which is uh, the normal amount for every AFL club. Thank you for that question as well. It's, uh, it was actually really fun to dive into that to really realise how many list spots we have open because it feels like we've got maybe, oh, we've got maybe eight spots, seven, eight, nine spots maybe available. No, we've got 16. That's wild. Thank you, Liv, for that question. Um, big underscore Spence 44 on Instagram. <laughs> I'll uh, use slightly better language here. Stop pooping on Jerry, man. Not a single ruck in the comp looked good at 33 games. Big Spence, no. I will not stop doing that. Um, any ruckman after 10 games would have shown more than uh, Jerry at this point. Um, look, once again, I don't want to be the, the, the Jerry guy. I know I already am and I'm the Apple Claw guy. But um, realistically, he, di he didn't take any. He already took three marks in the last six games of... Um, of the season. If we're going to have Harley Reid, LDU and Wardlaw, Taron running around our midfield, he barely taps it to advantage. Irrelevant when the ball hits the ground. Look, I think I've seen enough uh, from Tristan Jerry. I'm more than happy to eat my words if he becomes a top 
15 Ruckman in the game, um, you know, maybe, okay, let's go top half of the table. Let's say he gets top 10. Um, I'll, give, I'll give him top 10 just to be a little bit more lenient. We'll go top 10 Ruckman in the game. If he ever becomes that, I'll completely eat my words and you guys can roast me for the rest of my days doing this podcast. But until then, I've seen zero from Tristan Jerry. Other Ruckmans at this point in their career would have at least shown something about what they can do. I've seen nothing. Can't ruck, can't do anything around the ground. Yeah, he can kick straight, but he's a Ruckman. So play in the Ruck, mate. Love you, Tristan. Switching over to Facebook now, Andrew Blake's. Can Brady's nose smell a big win in the trade table? <laughs> the team really need to nail this draft period. Really hoping we can sneak into Gold Coast pick. Uh, do we get linked to any players prepared to follow any of the new coaches we have on board? Brisbane, Richmond uh, and Werribee VFL. Uh, well, it doesn't seem like we've been linked to anyone really from those teams. I'd say Brisbane's a pretty tight ship right now. Um, they'll be challenging the next couple of years. Richmond, no one really seems to be wanting to leave their um, new coach and all that sort of stuff. I'd say people are probably going to buy in. Adamuze does come very highly rated. Um, is this a bit of a do or die? You know, and I use do or die lightly. That's just a turn of phrase. Um, is this draft, do we really need to nail it? Yeah, we, we do. We absolutely do. With the package we've been given from the league, if we don't hit on this, once again, it sort of goes into that do or die season sort of stuff where – I'm not exactly sure how we come back from this. I'd say the next two years, especially next year, but the next two years are the most vital um, if we're going to be making the finals again soon. You look back at the Hawks drafts um, back when Clarko took over and, you know, the draft where they got Franklin, Lewis, Roughhead, Hodge, all that sort of stuff from those picks, uh, compensation picks they did get. They looked back for 10 years on that draft and we're like, that's the draft that did it for us. And I'm looking at in a two-year span. If we get, you know, we got Sheasel, Wardlaw, Braden George, by all reports, looks pretty sweet. Plus, you know, possible four first-round picks um, from this draft. We have to be getting these right. After all the money and the Perez and the Spicer picks and all this sort of stuff, um, we have to be nailing this draft. We have no choice, especially with this draft being touted as so deep in talent, McCurches, Watsons, um, Curtin, Harley Reid, even you, you go down, Riley Sanders and all these sort of players are very, very highly touted. So the first round looks pretty stacked of talent and we have a lot of picks in there. So this draft is so important to me. This could be the one we look back at and we go, that was the draft where we added the pieces to bring us that premiership. I know that's a massive thing. I'm more focused about you know, moving up the ladder first. But, um, hey, 10 years' time, we might be looking back at, you know, drafting Curtin or drafting McKercher or Sanders and being like, yeah, that Norm Smith does look good around their neck. You know what I mean? Justin Smith, can we manage to get Harley Reid and not sell the farm? This could be the most important decision of the rebuild. Um, I'm going to try and save as many thoughts about who we should draft uh, until the draft episodes. It's very, very tough because I've got my opinions and, you know, I've been hinting towards things here maybe, so maybe you can read between the lines. My thoughts might change until then anyway. I've got draft episodes lined up, but can we get Harley Reid without selling the farm? I I don't think oh, – it, go, it goes two ways, right? It depends which way the Eagles are looking to draft and I guess it's a gauntlet, isn't it? 
do we go for that number one and trade things uh, or do we risk it and take whoever's at number two? It's either going to be Reed or Curtin, which in my opinion are the top two. So would we be unhappy with any of those? Probably not. Um, can we get pick one or get Harley Reed without selling the farm? I really don't know with what the Eagles are looking to do. If I take that question as in, can we get pick number one without selling the farm? I would say we'd probably be trading pick two and maybe one of the picks next year, the first rounders next year. But I don't want to get a get rid of a, another first round, two first rounders for pick one when we've already got pick two. Um, I don't know how many times people have traded for pick number one. I know that last year that happened, but it was a massive three-team deal or four-team deal, sorry, and all this sort of stuff happened. Um, what is pick number one worth when you got pick two? I don't think much more. A late first rounder, early second rounder, that's probably what I would be thinking of giving up at most. Um, would I sell the farm? No, not for Harley Reid. Um, only because we do have a fantastic stack of midfielders. Would I be unhappy getting Harley Reid? No, this guy could be generational and be that guy to make people watch our team, just like Dusty did, just like Bailey Smith did for a couple of years there with the dogs. So could be massive, could be massive. Um, Michael Hickey on Facebook says, we don't need to sell our picks just to get the best we can. I guess let's lump that one in with the last one. Um, I agree completely. My gut feeling in this draft is do not sell um, sell the farm and do not give up all of our first round picks to move up one spot in the draft. That would be my initial thoughts, I guess, on this. Bryden underscore Isles again. Here we go. Um, bringing up a topic that I guess happened this week. Thoughts on Toby Pink being signed uh, on for North for nothing. This is an interesting one. Um, I did a little bit of research on him. A big, uh, stocky key defender. Apparently dominated in the Sandful. 194 centimetre, like 90 plus kilo guy. Big guy. On the Swans list for five years, I think it was, and didn't quite make it. This is an interesting one because are we getting this guy early because we realise that there's no key position defenders to get out there or we don't think we can get one? I hope not. If this is for depth, um, I'd probably play Callan Dawson over him just because he's been in the AFL system longer um but i still want to go out and get a veteran uh or like a tomlinson or a hayes a haynes sorry from the giants um i think that would be a much better thing to do and then draft a defender if that is curtain if that is what's the other i can't remember the other uh, o'keefe or something like that oh look I can't remember the guy's name. I apologize, guys. But there's another key defender sort of mid to late first round. Um, I think we draft a key defender and bring in uh, an experienced veteran for a couple of years. That would be my ideal. Um, Hopefully this guy can be, you know, sort of like a VFL player and come in as backup. That's what I'll be hoping. If we're going in um, to next season with him in our back line and being one of our best two or three defenders – once again, I would be worried and be strongly criticising our recruiting department. But getting any key defender in that Clarkson had his eye on, I, I just trust his judgement and clearly he sees something in there. Apparently he was really, really good in the league he was in. So um, no issue with it. I'm sure it's not much money. And what if he turns out to be really good? Clearly he was good enough to make the AFL system. Um, yeah, as long as he's not 
in our best two or three defenders next year because that uh, will be terrifying. This was a funny one. So on Facebook, Jan Anderson um, left two lovely comments. Uh, I'm assuming I put up a photo of Brady Rawlings um, ready for action in the, uh, I'm sure in the trade rooms or on draft day. Jan says, when are you going to admit you have got it wrong for years? You have stuffed North with lots of angry face emojis. Then also said, why are you still here? Fall on your sword. You have put back North 10 years with vomiting emojis. Now, Jan, I am not Brady Rawlings. I hope you do know that. A uh, different person completely. Brady Rawlings did not post that photo. Clearly, uh, clearly, you don't like Brady Rawlings very much. I would say, just to put the ball in Brady's court a little bit here, um, he maybe wasn't uh, the guy making all the bad calls back in the day. I think we trust Brady after last year. Looks like he's done very well. And I would say if he nails this year, we say Brady good. Um, if he doesn't nail this draft, I would say Brady bad and Brady needs to go. But I think we need to just relax on Brady Rawlings a little bit. I think Gavin Brown was also involved in that sort of stuff and he's moved on now. So um, I don't know if it's all Brady's fault, but uh, let's see how he goes. He's clearly going to be here this year. So let's see how he goes in this one. Um, kind of hard to screw this draft up with all the talent you would think, but if anyone can, it's probably North. Um, next year as well, I would say. I'd say he's got two years uh, with these picks and if we're not challenging for finals in the next three, four years, um, I reckon he's out the door. But um, clearly you don't like Brady Rawlings. Hopefully you liked him as a player, uh, won a lot of best and fairest and was very, very good. But um, hopefully, Jan, you could vent your frustration there and the rest of the afternoon for you was very relaxed and uh, peaceful. Jason Rollard. On Facebook, if North matches the Bombers' bid because it's not enough to get North pick three, do North have to match the length of the contract Essendon offer Mackay or will it only be a 12-month contract? Uh, no, North have to offer the same thing. So we just have to match the deal. So if uh, if Essendon do not give uh, Mackay a big enough contract to get his pick three and we match, it'll match uh, whatever the Bombers sort of did give him. So if that's four years, five years, it'll be four years or five years for us. We can't just do 12 months, um, which you wouldn't want to do. You'd want to lock him down to a contract so you can trade him and you've got the value in that asset. You wouldn't want to go through this merry-go-round next year. The other thing with Mackay as well, I guess I'll say, let's just, just because he wants to go doesn't mean he doesn't want to be there as well. And I know I'm, I may be trying to stretch this a little bit because if he wants to go, then I'm happy for him to go. I want players who are going to be at this club. But was it Papley from the Swans or Rampy? I think it was Papley that requested a trade away from the Swans. Um, they ended up matching the deal because they didn't get enough for him. And now he's been at the Swans for years and years to come. So it's not out of the realms of possibility that if we have to match Mackay's deal and he stays, he's going to be unhappy to stay. Yes, he wants to go, um, but I don't know if I fully believe that that means he'd be unhappy to be here next year, just in case. 90% chance that the Bombers give him uh, the money he should be getting to get his pick three. Um, it's in the Bombers' best interests as well to give him enough money um, for us to get band one compensation. But yeah, I don't know if I'm trying to spin that in a weird way or if that makes much sense. But um, look, if we do have to match 
Mackay's uh, deal and he does stay with a small chance he does, I don't think that means he's not bought in and he doesn't want to be here at all. Does that make sense? Try and rationalise that because I know people get very heated about, you know, he doesn't want to be here so kick him out of the club. And look, I, I agree with that to a degree, but it doesn't mean things can't turn around. He has been here for seven, eight years. He clearly cares about the club. Um, he just feels it's time to move on. But if he does get matched, let's not boo him or anything when he plays again. You know what I mean? All right. Uh, Noah Wiggins on Facebook. Knowing your extensive knowledge of every player in the league and with the trade period just around the corner, if you could steal one player in the league to help North rebuild, who would you take? And what would you be willing to give up to lure them to the club? So thank you for (laughs) pointing out my lack of knowledge. That's why I got Dylan here last week and he did that for me because I'm stupid. Um, I don't know if you want like a realistic answer from me with this or not. Um, let's take it both ways, like a realistic and an unrealistic. So if <laughs> if we're going unrealistic, the player I would want, number one player in the league I would want is Harris Andrews for our team. Harris Andrews is such a good defender. Like I actually think he's the best in the league. I'd take him over Darcy Moore personally. Um, I love Harris Andrews so much. So if I was going to make a really unrealistic a signing of a player to come across to North. Give me Harris Andrews. What would I give up for him? Send Tom Powell off. Um, and I'm going to try and be realistic with what maybe you could get uh, get him for if he was in the trade market. And I like Tom Powell, but I do think he's maybe the weakest of our decent mids. And we, if we're going to draft another mid, I think he's the highest value trade piece I would give up on our team. Give me Tom Powell and... Mm-mm-mm. what else would I give up? Maybe one of the, maybe like pick 14, 14 or 19 this year, if we were trading this season for him. Do you think that would get Harris Andrews? Or maybe you go Tom Powell, pick 14 and a second round pick, something like that. That's what I would be looking to do. As for something slightly more realistic, but still would change our team. I think it's Sean Darcy. I think there's a slight chance and there's murmurs that, you know, he might be looking to head back to Victoria, um, which I think is ridiculous. Like play where you get drafted and the state you're in. Don't be those guys that go, oh, I want to go home. I think it's ridiculous. You should play where you get drafted. But um, yeah, give me Sean Darcy. And what would I give up for Sean Darcy? Oh, a the the one of the late first rounders next year, maybe? Like the pick 19 next year? I'd give that up for Sean Darcy. I think, yeah, I'm going to go with Sean Darcy. So Harris Andrews in a dream world would be my number one guy to get on this team in the entire league um, just because of how void our back line is. Um, our midfield looks okay in our forward line. We've got Larky um, and you can find a partner to Larky, but we need a number one guy in that back line. Um, And yeah, Sean Darcy, give me that for a semi-realistic one. All right, one more. We're going to finish it here and uh, then I'm going to do a part two, I reckon, to this next week. I'm banking on nothing crazy spicy happening throughout this week uh, coming up. So yeah, we'll split it because I've got a bunch more and I don't want to hold you guys up too long. Sorry for a slightly shorter podcast. I know you guys seem to like the longer ones, but we did a massive hour and a half one last week, so... 
I'm still recovering, guys. I've got to do my lung calisthenics. Um, all right, we're going to end it here on another Bright Niles one just because this is a funny one. And then um, everyone else who wrote in, I'm going to get your questions read out next week. So for those who missed out this one, I apologize. Next week, your questions will be read out. Okay, I promise. I promise. Bright Niles says... Who's got the best haircut in North's list and whose hair would you like a shot at working on? This is an interesting question. Um, the best hair on the list for me is easy. It's Miller Bergman. Miller Bergman has Ashcroft-esque quiff style volume in his hair. Um, I did make a joke months ago and said Nick Larky wishes his mullet was just like Miller Bergman's. Thick, you know, vivacious hair. Uh, he's a handsome man, Miller, with his little mustache, you know, maybe sneaky. Like, you know, you don't look at him and go, man, look at that chiseled jawline, the, those dreamy eyes. But look at that hair, you know, good on you, Miller. I wish I had hair like that. Who's would I like a chance to work on? Oh, I mean, it depends how my day is going at the barbershop. If it's a busy day, give me Jack Marnie's hair. Not much of it there. I think he's sort of getting a bit thin on top. Um, I'll trim that back in about 10 to 15 minutes and go have a break at work, which would be nice. Who's what I like to have a transformation of? My gut is telling me Nick Larky here. I think his mullet, as much as he's uh, the best boy uh, for me at North, I love Nick Larky. I think my favorite player. Um, the mullet, it's a little bit, it's a little bit uh, wet looking. It's a little bit like I just pulled a possum out of a drain. You know what I mean? I think you could get more volume in there, Nick. I think we could change it up a little bit. Get you a bit more volume maybe at the front, maybe a little bit less at the back. Still a bit of um, a bit of volume there and you can mess up the back. But it sort of like hangs down like a beaver tail a little bit. So I reckon I'd like to take Nick Larky under my wing and give him like one of those, what's that old show? Beauty and the Geek style makeovers where he comes out and he looks completely different. You know, we could do a nice... Uh, drop fade at the back, textured fringe maybe. Who knows? I reckon we could make Nick Larky look like uh, the best-looking guy at the club. But, hey, Charlie Combin is there, so he's got that title currently. There's questions about Charlie Combin next week, actually. There's a teaser for you. Charlie Combin, I think you might know what I mean by that. But, hey, thank you very much, uh, everybody who wrote in. I know I've said this already, but I'm going to say it again. Um, I love the engagement and uh, how you guys really care about this podcast. I never thought people would listen to me talking about North Melbourne, so I really do appreciate it. Thank you to everyone who wrote in. Once again, uh, Further North Podcast on Facebook, Further North Pod on Instagram and Twitter slash X. Um, get all your questions in, follow those. I'm always trying to post things. Help me with Twitter. Please don't bully me. Um, but yeah, I love the community we've built up here. I'm going to try and do weekly episodes um, hopefully <laughs> some spicy things happen so uh, I can actually have some content. But Q&As, I'd like to still do match reactions, like watch an old game with Marnie or something like that. That might be later. There's heaps of draft stuff coming, so it's all happening um, here on the Further North podcast. So thank you once again. We'll be here next week for part two of the questions. If you didn't get your question read out, I promise I'm going to read them next week. Please don't think I forgot about you. I just need more content. It is dire right now until North sign Harris Andrews. So thank you guys. Talk to you very soon. Go North. Bye-bye.